Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show episode 226. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I will be joined by Paul Herman for a conversation about the mid credit scene in Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So a spoiler alert, because obviously we're going to be talking about that scene and what it means for other things. And I won't say anything more than that right now, but if you've seen, then you know. So we will be talking about that. But before that conversation begins, just want to let you know about Fanshow Plus available to premium subscribers over at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. That's S-E-A-N-G-E-R-B-E-R, or just hit the link in the show notes. It's also available on Apple Podcasts if you search for Fanshow Plus or just the MCU Fanshow channel on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe there. Fanshow Plus is a premium podcast where we talk about extra MCU news like box office milestones for Shang-Chi, the settlement between Black Widow, or not between Black Widow, between Scarlett Johansson and Disney over the release of Black Widow, and much, much more. So you can check that out on Apple Podcasts or at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. And then we invite you to follow us in all those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you are enjoying the show, we would greatly, greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much to everyone who has taken the time to already share their thoughts. And now, on with our show. How you doing, Paul Herman? For the third time in an evening... (laughs) We've uh, spaced these. It's you know a bit of a behind the scenes illusion because we don't broadcast mm. live. Uh, so yeah, these episodes have been spaced out a teensy bit. Uh, but yeah, this is our uh, our third consecutive podcast recording. So with that in mind, Paul, uh, you know, yes. a few hours into this recording session, how you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm tired. I'm gonna lie, I'm a little tired. But uh, this, uh, I've been looking forward to talking about this uh, mid credit scene all day. So I'm I'm uh, I'm gearing up and I'm ready, man. Yeah, I didn't know exactly what this mid-credit scene was for a little while. I knew that there was something kind of out there. There had been, of course, some early fan screenings, and I think that's where some of this stuff was getting out, and I was doing my best to avoid spoilers. And then before I saw the movie, it was kind of everywhere. Um, and, And that's what happens when you don't see a movie on opening night. I didn't see Venom Let There Be Carnage until Saturday morning, so I, I didn't have much luck avoiding it and it, it's tough i mean normally you just say get off of social media and, and all of that but when you kind of cover marvel stuff then you have to be up to date on the news then it, it's tough to uh, to do that my whining aside about my first nerd world podcaster problems um that mid-credit scene from venom let there be carnage and the spoiler warning's already been given uh, in the intro it left us with a lot to talk about and, and i knew before I even knew specifically what was in the scene or before any of that started getting spoiled for me, just kind of becoming aware of a, a mid or post credit scene in Venom, Let There Be Carnage that was going to be uh, relevant to this podcast, um, even more so in a way than, you know, just Marvel movies in general, because our, our focus here is it's right there in the name. It's MCU that we were going to have something to talk about. And then just knowing how that was going to be this weekend, that um, we were going to talk about Venom, Let There Be Carnage anyway. We had a new episode of What If to talk about, and this mid credit scene was going to have to be its own podcast because the implications of this could be pretty massive, and that's more than... Uh, I, I didn't want to have this be part of the Venom spoiler review all by itself because then it just felt like we're taking away from the actual movie uh, that happened, you know, the 90 minutes in front of this mid credit scene, Paul, But just to recap what happens again, in case you forgot or didn't hear us talk about it briefly during our Let There Be Carnage spoiler review, and it wouldn't surprise me if some of you skipped straight to this show as opposed to uh, hearing the Venom Let There Be Carnage uh, spoiler review. But if you did skip it, go back and listen to it after you've seen the movie. Um, If you haven't seen the movie, what are you doing here? Or I guess you got spoiled the same way that I did. Um, Nevertheless, Paul, what happens in this scene is uh, mid credit scene, Venom and Eddie Brock laying low, watching novellas, and they're in a not-so-great-looking hotel, motel room, and Venom is explaining to Eddie that he's just got this knowledge from this symbiote hive mind that taps into knowledge across universes, universes plural, 
And as he's ready to kind of upload, download, whatever, some of that intel to Eddie Brock, something starts happening. And this is not part of the uh, informational service that Venom is providing because Venom is freaked out by this as well, wondering what the hell is going on. And they seem to be transported to a similar location, but things are different. All of a sudden, this uh, room that they're staying in is much, much nicer. It's also no longer theirs, as we'll see by the end of it. And all that's well and good, but it's not just about a room upgrade for Venom and Eddie Brock. It's no, it's no longer a novella that's on TV. It's J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson in the style that we saw in the MCU in Spider-Man Far From Home. Same thing with his Daily Bugle web show, dailybugle.net web show and all of that stuff. Green background, you know, gray, silver font, whatever for Daily Bugle. And he's talking about, of course, the the revelation of the identity of Spider-Man. And that is Peter Parker. And when we see Spider-Man slash Peter Parker for the first time in the Venom franchise, it is Tom Holland's uh, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, whom we know from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Venom looks at the screen and perhaps with, it would seem anyway, to me at least, some degree of recognition Venom is saying that guy as he licks the screen, which maybe, as I mentioned in our Venom Let There Be uh, Let There Be Carnage spoiler review, maybe that has something to do with that knowledge across different universes, maybe different timelines, where even though Ven- this Venom doesn't appear to have met a Spider-Man and this Spider-Man does not appear to have met a Venom, other Spider-Mans and other Spider-Men and other Venoms in other timelines have met each other and done battle. And so maybe there is some history there that this Venom is able is able to tap into, even if he hasn't actively participated in it, or maybe I'm just reading too much into that. But that's the point of this episode of the podcast, is to read too much into these things. So we're going to go ahead and continue on doing that, Paul. I guess Let's just start with the mechanics of, before we talk about what it all means, mm-hmm. what do you think has actually happened here? I mean, my first instinct is, this is Doctor Strange and the spell being cast that we saw in the trailer for No Way Home, that mm-hmm. gets messed up because Peter wants to mess with it because he wants certain people to remember uh, that he's Spider-Man while making the rest of the world forget about you know Mysterio's revelation and all of these things. So it, it kind of plays like that. Just the way that it's yes. just the whooshing sounds and all of a sudden now they're in a you know different spot and you know different universe suddenly or or so it would seem because we do have a Daily Bugle in Venom's universe that we see throughout this movie. And it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like the one that's on the TV later. So that also points to, yeah, there is a different universe that has happened here. And Venom, by the way, we didn't mention this in the spoiler review. He says goodbye to Anne, you know, Venom and and Eddie, they say goodbye Mm. to Anne. So they really did give Venom like the send off to go on his own. And that means going into potentially here, different universes. So it almost feels like, this is part of the whole No Way Home thing, which is bringing other universes into the MCU and like merging these timelines to an extent, which right. almost points to Venom being able to show up in No Way Home, which I guess we have to list as a possibility. But there's also a part of me that says like pump the brakes, that's too much too soon. So maybe Absolutely. don't don't start counting on that. But this does feel like it's related to the Doctor Strange event. Maybe we'll find out it's not and it's part of something else. But it kind of feels like it could be that. That's what I thought when it happened, like whatever happens. And again, maybe it's not directly. Um, I, I don't know. We don't know exactly. It happens in no way home. Obviously we, I don't know the leaks are in the leaks out there, I, but I don't know. Yeah. I avoid leaks, so I have no idea, but doing my best not to know. Ex- exactly. Same here. I don't know if there's more than one event in Spider-Man No Way, no Way Home, but it definitely feels like that's what happens. Like there's something, there's something multi like, that brings his universe and, and brings him together. Now, what's fascinating is the play off the multiverse idea. Is it what does the the thing that Doctor Strange does with Spider-Man, and he affects all the multiverses? Is it only affecting the multiverses of Spider-Man's characters? over all of them so that means that effect then bring in the not just tom holland stuff but like when you bring in the toby mcguire things that brings in that venom and that there in turn would bring in that venom from that you know you know whatever 
that idea, and I brought up in the in the spoiler review also, Sean. You know, there were talk. There was talk of is Venom in Venom's in the ASM universe or whatever. What if you know when he does that? We don't know what universe Venom's in because he's he's in San Francisco, right? But now, like this confirms that like when when Doctor Strange does his thing and all the other Spider-Man ver- multiverses are affected, he's a part of that. But we don't know which one it is yet because it's he's in San Francisco, and maybe we'll get revealed eventually which one he's a part of through this, um, you know, whole multiverse of you know thing that he happens in No Way Home or whatever. I'm presume I don't know. But that's what I'm kind of going with. I think I think he's a part of Venom is a part of Spider-Man's universe, and it, obviously there's a connection as he licks the screen uh, in the right. post-credit scene. What is that connection? What is it? I have ideas, but I think that's what probably it is. I think he. I think this Venom is is tied to one of the multiverses that it that Spider-Man will be have to fight in, but he's not brought into it because he's so far away from everything already, and it'll take him a while to kind of figure out where he's at exactly. So, which again will lead into different films or whatever. So that's where I'm kind of going with it is that this Venom is part of one of those Spider-Man universes. We don't know which one. I'm assuming it's ASM because that Venom from Tobey Maguire's universe already exists. But right. maybe, but maybe that they're they're different. Maybe they're different Venoms. I don't know. So yeah, but Eddie a, Brock also exists. So oh yeah, duh. Forget yeah. Duh. yeah you're, exactly, you're forgetting. Topher Grace, you're, you're kidding. I almost forgot Topher Grace. Yeah. How could I forget? Um, I mean, I, I understand how, but um, wow. no shade on Topher Grace. He's not that bad, just not great in He's Spider-Man good. 3. It's yeah. not his fault. Not not his fault. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that aside, like I, I just... I don't think he's part of the Sam Raimi universe, but I also think that's part of what's happening here is like we're talking about a, a merger of, of timelines and, and universes, although... I mean, it feels like because we know this is where like our knowledge of our limited knowledge of No Way Home, just based on the trailer, is certainly informing our perception here of, of like what this event must be. And it, it, there's no rule that says it has to be the Doctor Strange thing. What if this is some weird branchy timeline thing from Loki? I mean, I, I don't think so, um, because we still I, I, I would still think we're mostly focusing on Sony and Spider-Man. Um, so I'm definitely leaning that direction. Uh, but as far as does this mean Venom shows up in No Way Home? I mean, it certainly means he could. I mean, man, if you have like Spider-Man being like overwhelmed by uh, the Sinister Six that's made up of villains from different Spider-Man universes and then Venom shows up to either be part of that Sinister Six or team up with Spider-Man as he's done on occasion in the comic books and help battle the Sinister Six. I mean, that's a lot, though, for Spider-Man No Way Home, although Spider-Man No Way Home kind of looks like a lot already. So uh, who's to say what's too much? Maybe us when we do a podcast about it. We'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, with this. Exa- I mean, obviously, none of us know exactly what's going to happen going forward from here, but um, it, it feels like it's related to the Doctor Strange event, but I I like the other point you you brought up there though, Paul, of like limiting the scope of this to Spider-Man characters and Spider-Man's world, and I think that's something that we haven't talked as much about in Doctor Strange's spell and how it could bring in characters from other eras of other iterations of the Spider-Man franchise, but not merge everything from every other live action Marvel franchise. So like, how could you bring in characters from Spider-Man's various universes, but not necessarily bring in Hugh Jackman's Wolverine or though, are you really going to object to that? If you're maybe, Maybe there is no uh, line there because maybe dead. this is also how Deadpool is ultimately being brought into it. I don't know. But in theory, there would be a way to explain that this is limited to Spider-Man because perhaps if the whole idea of Spider-Man, if the whole idea of the spell is supposed to make people forget about Peter Parker being Spider-Man, then the spell being messed up doesn't have to be a total fail in the way that all of the multiverse is now merged. But maybe what gets screwed up is instead of making everyone in the world forget about Spider-Man, it ends up merging throughout the multiverse all these people who do know Spider-Man and have been part of his world in different universes and stuff like that. 
Maybe that's what this is, and maybe that's why Venom can come in from one timeline, Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin can come in from another timeline, Electro could come in from potentially yet another timeline, whatever it may be. I, I don't know. Like we'll, we'll obviously have to wait until December to figure out how to make sense of this. Um, I, I think what I'll be watching for, though, Paul, like to be on high alert to see whether or not this mid-credit scene applies to No Way Home is how soon be t- how soon after this weekend do we get our next No Way Home trailer? Because mm. this, I, I was thinking about this as I was leaving the theater today after having seen the mid-credit scene and like seeing it like in full detail of exactly what it was. I couldn't help but remember how we had Spider-Man Far From Home trailers or a trailer before Avengers Endgame, but then after Avengers Endgame, and it was I think it was after like Endgame's second weekend, after like the Russos and everybody listed, lifted the spoiler ban, whatever. Then we saw like the real trailer. I mean, not that the other one was fake, but then we saw like the real thing of Iron Man is dead. Peter Parker has to deal with that. All of these things. Once you get past this opening weekend of Venom, or maybe they do the end game thing and give it two weekends, you could have a No Way Home trailer that shows Venom showing up. And now the audience would know why that makes sense. And hell, if you're Sony, you would definitely want to do that because then you get everybody who's like, eh, I don't know if I want to see Venom. And then people are talking about a mid credit scene, but then you show Venom in the No Way Home trailer, then you're like, shit, I guess I got to go see Venom. So like... Yeah, there's a marketing reason to do it. If Venom is going to show up in No Way Home, I mean, I would almost say save the surprise, but you know what? You don't have to because you've already hinted at it in this mid credit scene. So if you're going to do it, I don't have a problem with them letting us know about it to build up hype for that movie and then also send more people to go see uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage in theaters to get ready for No Way Home. Um, I don't know. Like It, it seems like... Uh, it does seem like it's it's setting up a, a fairly direct handoff, but then there's that other part of me that says, as I was saying before, like just slow down on this. Like just because they can put Venom in No Way Home right away, it doesn't mean they have done it. It doesn't mean they're gonna do it. Well, I mean, they would have. The movie's coming out in a couple months. They've already made the decision of what's going to happen. Uh, the movie's already made. But as far as whether or not this is the choice that they have made, I could see No Way Home being the beginning. I mean. It's in the title, No Way Home. Like, there's no guarantee that Peter Parker is is back to normal, back in his own home, this Peter Parker's home of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe that's why there's No Way Home. It's once you get into the, the multiverse, that's it. And maybe Peter Parker is going to go off and deal with the multiverse in other adventures for a little while before he comes back to the main Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's totally possible for Peter Parker as Spider-Man, because as much as we can talk about the merger of universes, which maybe is what's happened here. There's also this other thing that uh, that happens that Kevin Feige kind of hinted at in September of 2019 when Sony and Disney slash Marvel reached a deal to keep sharing Spider-Man because remember, there was a month where there was a trial separation and it looked like it wasn't going to happen anymore. Here's what Kevin Feige said at that time. I am thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue and, uh, and all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it. Spider-Man is a powerful icon and hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. And we latched onto that right away, Paul, as I think most mm-hmm. people did. Because it's one of the most revealing things we've ever heard or read from Kevin Feige, who famously is tight-lipped and extremely vague. But for him to let that out when, in theory, you would think they didn't have to. But he's all, he came out when they reached this latest version of their, share, their Spider-Man sharing deal to let us know that, yeah, Spider-Man could cross cinematic universes. And I think that's where there is the question mark on the implications of this is, how soon do we see this mid-credit scene pay off? And what does it actually mean? Is Venom going to be interacting in the same universe that really has um, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Shang-Chi, and every and Captain Marvel, and everybody else we know from the MCU? Or is it going to be more of Tom Holland Spider-Man venturing into these other spaces and having these interactions before going back to the MCU? Like, how much is the Sony universe really going to get to play in the MCU sandbox 
I, I think is the big question here that, that obviously we, we don't yet have an answer for. I don't think Venom's going to show up in the main film of No Way Home. I, there's no way. I think No Way Home is a means to an end of setting up the idea of the Spider-Verse motif or I, you know, whatever with Tom Holland. I know there's been rumors of, of a new trilogy of Spider-Man films with Tom Holland and Sony. It makes sense. You can have him do his own shenanigans with Sony and then have him, you know, come back with the Avengers if you want or whatever. But it's it's evident that Sony is is mining everything they can for Spider-Man to have some kind of cinematic universe. And they let's be real with Venom's, you know, with this new opening weekend here, it, it's it's looking really well. I've seen people even online right now say, like, well, they don't even need Disney. I'm like, well, let's pump our brakes a little bit on this one. All right. Let's I, I you know, right now everything looks great because Venom is, is is doing well, but Let's, let's, let's wait to see what Morbius and Craven do first. And right. let's also see what happens with Spider-Man and Venom going forward. But I yeah. say all that to say... There is still the question of whether or not they really have a universe or just a hit franchise. It, exactly. And so I think what's going to happen is... I think No Way Home sets up all these different ideas. And I definitely think that there's going to be a team-up between Venom and Spider-Man. And I think it's going to definitely... You know, I think this is going to inform Venom a little bit, to be honest. One of the things that you could, I mean, we've talked about how we're tired of Venom just fighting symbiotes. I think there's a, going to be an eventual, you know, like a Thor Ragnarok. There's going to be a Spider-Man Venom, like Thor Ragnarok kind of film where it's going to be Spider-Man and Venom together. And they're going to be, a, there's going to be a little mini fight scene. There's going to be that whole idea of them teaming up and it's not going to be no way home. And I don't think it's going to be Venom. I think it's going to be its own little thing, to be honest. Um, and I think maybe the the multiverse or whatever could be part of it. I don't know who, uh, that far, but I, what I do think that they're setting up this team up, and it's not No Way Home. You don't waste Venom and Peter in that movie with all that's going on already. I think No Way Home only sets up the status quo of the Tom Holland Spider Man universe going forward, and as and also kind of like a not a goodbye to the MCU, but kind of like, hey, I'll see you around. I'll be back kind of a thing. And then they'll eventually, you know, whatever he's at, at that point, they'll kind of go forward. That's kind of where I'm going with yeah. it. I don't think it's going to end where he comes back to the MCU and everything's all good. I, I maybe we will. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think that there's going to be some kind of, um, again, this is the introduction to that idea of him right. trying to find his way home. I, I tend to agree with all of that. I, I think I wouldn't rule out a venom, appearance although I, I like the idea of you know not in the main film but hey all bets yes. are off in mid and post credit scenes of course exactly as far as the within the main film i could see it i could see it to be like a, a thing or venom and spider-man team up very briefly and it sets up an even bigger adventure later on down the line although yeah even if they do it that way you got to be real careful because that could it's very easy for that to feel like a cheat in the movie and, and you're not really doing anything meaningful enough with it to make it worth doing in Spider-Man No Way Home. So I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I, I also agree that, you know, it while it feels like this is pointing us in that direction, and who knows, like, here we are saying, like, ah, I don't quite think that's what's going to happen, and then a trailer proves us wrong in, you know, a week or two. But, uh, which sure. would be fine, by the way. We'll, we'll just yeah. talk about it here on the podcast. As far as, like, what this means going forward, I... I I tend to lean in the same direction as you, though, of like No Way Home. No Way Home proves to be true that Peter Parker doesn't just get to go home and everything's back to normal by the end of that movie. It sets up other things for Spider-Man to go do, Tom Holland's Spider-Man to go do in Sony's Spider-Man universe or whatever they're calling it these days. It looks like it goes in that direction, but he will eventually find his way back. So just as a refresher on where things stand in this latest sharing deal, because these are always short-term deals with this sharing of Spider-Man between Disney slash Marvel and Sony. So this latest iteration includes No Way Home, but remember, that is a movie that Sony gets to distribute, not Disney, although there is a revenue split on that one, 70% Sony, 
30% Disney, but that still makes obviously, you know, Sony the the majority owner of that film and they are the distributor of the movie. But the deal also includes one movie for Disney slash Marvel Studios. And those are not, uh, as we've seen before, those are not Spider-Man solo movies. They're Spider-Man being part a supporting character in another character's movie or a team-up film like Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers, and Avengers Endgame. So even after No Way Home, Disney slash Marvel Studios are still entitled to having Spider-Man in another one of their movies. Now, there are potential caveats with that. What if the deal is, and they didn't announce it at the time, what if the deal is that Spider-Man is going to be Miles Morales and not Peter Parker? That's possible. Um, or what if it is going to be Peter Parker, but it's after this tour of the Spider-Man universe of characters that maybe he's going to go on that includes a battle and or team up with Venom and maybe some other characters as well. Um, maybe other Spider-Man solo movies that aren't part of the mainline Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'm not really sure how this is going to take shape, but I think what's interesting about it is, is as much as we can, or among the many things that are interesting about it that we've been talking about here for almost a half an hour, we can talk all we want about, like, is this part of the MCU? Is this not part of the MCU? Is this part of this timeline? Is this part of this timeline? And whatever, this will be another test of the general audience, right? Because one of my concerns about this, and I will just say that my my concerns are not quite as, um, I mean, I still have some concerns about, you know, tying Sony's movies in with the MCU um, and affecting, you know, the MCU obviously has a, a great track record when it comes to quality and a great reputation with audiences. Sony, uh, not quite uh, as consistent, although it does help that uh, audiences generally like these Venom movies, especially Venom Let There Be Carnage. So um, all of that helps, and, and that alleviates those concerns a little bit. It doesn't, uh, it alleviates, it does not eliminate them. And the reason I have that concern is, uh, you know, audiences, they, they become pretty sophisticated when it comes to, and, and more sophisticated than I think a lot of people would have given them credit for. Um, to be clear, there are still plenty of people who go and watch these movies who don't know that why Wonder Woman and Spider-Man don't team up, right? There's still a lot of that that's out there. But there's also um, more of the audience than I think we would have ex expected um, that has even been able to discern you know, the difference between the MCU and Marvel movies that are not the MCU. Well, I think that line gets blurred to the point where not a lot of the general audience is really going to see the difference of like uh, of really being sophisticated enough to say, well, this is connected to the MCU, but kind of not because it, it affects Spider-Man, but it, it's an intersection of the universes, but it's not quite everything in the same universe. I mean, the movies will do their best, to, uh, perhaps if they're even going to make the attempt, the movies would do their best to explain it. And audiences are um, have had more exposure to multiverse and stuff like that, whether that's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or Loki on Disney+. Plus. So, and, and of course, they'll get more exposure to it and more explanation of it in Spider-Man No Way Home. So maybe audiences will keep up with it and it'll be just fine. But I think if you're Disney and Marvel Studios, you also need to be prepared that some of your reputation amongst audiences is going to be informed by it, is going to be impacted by how audiences receive movies made by Sony and movies that maybe Marvel Studios doesn't have any sort of hand in like they have with Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home, you know, that's going to be more like Venom where, and, and maybe Marvel Studios has been somewhat unofficially involved in Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Based on this mid credit scene, it would seem so, but we don't really know exactly how that's gone down. And I, I would also say, like, while it's nice that to have this idea of Sony and Disney slash Marvel Studios working together, and I, and I do think there is cooperation, I do think there is positive partnership i also think the the dynamic in this relationship is different than it was when the first version of this agreement was reached in february 2015 sony was in a very different position then i mean they were in the wake of the email hacking scandal but more specific to the spider-man franchise you had amazing spider-man 2 become the i mean still made over 700 million dollars but the lowest grossing 
Spider-Man film to date, and it wasn't very well received, and so it just seemed like, uh, and a lot of Sony's plans unraveled with it. Their Sinister Six movie and other spinoffs that they were planning to do at that time, it all just kind of sort of unraveled as the Marvel Cinematic Universe was on the way up. So Sony makes this deal to share Spider-Man because they kind of needed it. Spider-Man, the Spider-Man franchise needed that boost. And so I feel like Sony was in a position of, well, we get to distribute something like Homecoming because Spider-Man's ours, but go ahead and do what you want with it, Marvel Studios, because we've proven we can't figure this out. Well, you fast forward to a few years later and Sony is in a different position now. And while I wouldn't go as far as those who are saying, well, you see, Sony doesn't need Marvel, but I could see how Sony might think that. And I can certainly see how, and I think that's part of the reason why they had a breakdown in their talks and, and why this they had their trial separation a couple years ago. I, I think that was because Sony was probably going to be more demanding this time around. Like Disney had more demands uh, financially, but I'll bet Sony had more demands creatively of like, look, we have an expectation now. Sony's always been the distributor of these Mar- of these solo Marvel Studios Spider-Man movies, but I think Sony was happy to be along for the ride with Homecoming and, you know, maybe to not quite the same extent, but close to it with Spider-Man Far From Home. But this latest round of negotiations that that led to this latest deal, it was all in the wake of Venom's success at the box office because it was late 2018 and it was going on through early 2019 before things broke down mid-2019 and got to the point where they did. And then, of course, a deal was reached in September of 2019. So you go through that whole history there And I think that was Sony with a hit Venom movie saying like, okay, fine. You want to have different financial terms. Uh, Sony wasn't a big fan of that. They eventually agreed to it. But I'm sure for Sony to say, if you want more of what works for you financially, we want more of what works for us. And we want to be able to use some of these versions of these characters. And maybe they were always able to do that anyway, based on their Spider-Man movie license. But just saying like, we want to be able to make this part of our universe more and part, part of the other movies that we're doing and not just have a universe that Spider-Man is completely separate from, uh, separate from that features all of his villains and, and supporting characters. We want these things to be able to work in conjunction with one another. If Spider-Man's going to stay in the MCU, fine, but he also has to be serving our universe of Spider-Man characters. So it feels to me like Sony is exerting more of their own will in this stuff going forward. And it's also the kind of thing that obviously Marvel Studios, if they want to be in the business of having Spider-Man in the MCU, they do have to go along with it. And that's not to say like, oh, Marvel Studios is just letting Sony push them around or they're selling out or whatever. This is just what it takes. Like this is a business relationship and the business relationship involves compromise. It involves uh, both sides trying to get as much as they can of, of what they want that suits their goals Hopefully those things are at least somewhat in alignment between Sony slash Disney and Marvel. Um, and, and so far, it looks like the potential could be very, very positive. But yeah, the, the concerns about Sony, because they've never been able to sustain their creative success with Spider-Man and related characters, th- there is the concern that, and Marvel has to accept that risk, that there might be some Sony movies that, that have some people thinking, oh, Marvel Studios has a miss, even though they didn't make the movie. Yeah, I I don't I don't know where Sony is going to go with this and I don't know obviously Spider-Man is going to be able to go between both universes. How that's going to work out remains to be seen. I don't know. And I think that's what No Way Home is either going to set up or it's like on the way to set up and they're going to figure it out over time as movies get developed and how they can see reactions to different things. Because I think that also could play into it. I think Disney and Sony want to see how well things go so they can know how and how things react, like Venom 2 and, and Morbius, and play off that and see how much these, you know, do they even want them to go together? Would both parties be interested? I think they do, but that could be also playing a part in it as well. Like, that's why maybe No Way Home is going to set up the idea of Spider-Man going back and forth. And they can, you know, it gives them time to figure out how they include all these things and what they do going forward with Tom Holland, Spider-Man and everything. Like you said, Sean, our, you know, Spider-Man, it makes sense for him, you know, for both parties and it makes sense of why Disney would want him, and it makes sense why Sony would want to use other characters in their movies with, you know, Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. It kind of, it does make sense for everything that every party wants to do. And I don't know. I, I definitely think that Venom is setting himself up. And I, I definitely 
again, their memory served me right. Venom one was rated R. This was rated, you know, Venom Leather Be Carnage is rated PG 13. So that right there is also saying maybe Sony's saying, you know what, we're gonna down, we're gonna down down a little bit so we can play with these other characters and you know and play with that idea. So even though I know Kevin Feige's talked about a Deadpool rated R film or whatever, I do definitely think that there is you know there is an idea of trying to get venom into this and trying to make it you know fit more along those lines and i, I definitely feel it in you know let there be carnage kind of does that a little bit you know not completely but a little bit and i and i do think that um there's potential uh and and they don't need to do this now they've already established venom is is who he is at this point but i kind of think that we could see the white spider show up on venom um the tom Brady oh, yeah. version like that lick of the of the TV screen, Sean, to me went okay. There's he's a, he, the Venom character itself, the symbiote could be infatuated with him, and we could get Black Spider Man. You know, they could team up. Maybe Eddie. We've already had the idea that Venom's used different hosts already. Maybe Eddie gets you know something happens to him, and then the 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 symbiote takes over Spider Man, Peter Parker, and then becomes a Black Spider Man. You know what I mean? And that's where it comes from. I would love that. At this point, like I love the idea that. This is not the comic book version, and that's fine. And I would love to see that the symbiote take over Peter Parker. And can you imagine their inner monologue, Tom Hardy and and Tom Holland? Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. You know, I mean, there's a lot going on there. That's where I think there's going to be a post credit scene. I think there's going to be maybe a Venom three, maybe a Spider Man four. I don't know. Either way, it could split the difference and just be its own thing. There's going to be a team up film, and I think that's where No Way Home is going to set up. I think there's going to be the setup of the Sinister Six we, we've heard rumors of. I don't know you're going to get the Sinister Six in this movie per se. Maybe we will. I don't know. But I think there's going to be a setup of that and there's going to be eventual team up of Venom and Spider-Man against multiple Spider-Man characters them together. Maybe a Carnage shows up with these, I don't know, whatever. That's where I'm going with it. Um, that's where I think is going to happen. I think Venom and Spider-Man will team up eventually and it's going to be its own thing, which will be a lot of fun to see. That's where I think this is headed. Um, Morbius, Craven. I have no idea where those are going. I'm I'm fascinated with Morbius because I have no idea what to expect from that movie. Well, None whatsoever. Yeah, and, and the first Venom movie actually was PG-13. I know there was... Was it? Thought, oh, yeah, I thought it was going to be R, but eventually it ended up being a PG-13 okay, my, movie. My fault. No, like it's... I mean, I, I totally get it. Like when you first said it was R, I was like... I. That kind of makes sense, but no, it was PG thirteen, and uh, but that point you you bring up about Morbius, well, remember like Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes was in that trailer. I know it was forever right. ago that we got oh that trailer. Um, I, I think somewhere around nineteen thirty seven that trailer came out. That's how long it seems since then. Like it seriously, it it's been a while, but you know the whole idea of them kind of playing in the MCU space with MCU iterations of characters. It was already kind of there, except it's hard to take into account or, or I should say figure out like how the mechanics of that work exactly because this was, when that trailer came out, like, it, I mean, at that time, Morbius was supposed to be out before Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage. So before there's any, any like, you know, whooshy, like timeline, whatever stuff merging, like that, this predates that. I mean, did they know that was already going to happen in Venom, Let There Be Carnage? Uh, I, I guess so. Um, but did they already know what was happening, what Marvel was going to do in uh, like multi other multiverse stuff? I mean, obviously they probably would have had a sense of what they were going to do in, in No Way Home. But yeah, it's it's a little it's a little strange exactly how that fits, and and maybe the way that it fits uh, in Morbius when we actually see it won't actually be how it originally did. Like maybe they've made adjustments to it, and all the time they've been sitting on the movie to have it be more in sync with what they decide ultimately have done with Venom, let there be carnage. Um, but I like another thing you touched on there, though, with Spider-Man No Way Home, and that regardless of whether or not Venom appears, I think Spider-Man No Way Home can and should serve the function of giving us, uh, I wouldn't say, like, the entire book on it, but give us the outline of the rule book of exactly how this works because you know, we need to have some frame of reference, like something to, I don't know, get under our feet here, like some foundation for exactly how 
this works and, and what are the mechanics of it? What are the rules of it? So that way we know kind of what to, not just like what to expect, but what to get excited about going forward um, in a more specific type of way. So that's where I think No Way Home, uh, amongst many ways the movie can be entertaining and, and fun for us is like, even if Venom doesn't show up there, like it might give us a better indication as to how this Venom and Spider-Man will ultimately meet, uh, what story that might be in, and the larger implications of exactly what that would mean. Um, I mean, clearly, though, we're whether we're talking about a, a true merger of cinematic universes here or just like a Venn diagram where there's some over where there's some intersection and overlap, but not for all of it um, between these universes. I, I don't know what exactly that picture looks like, but I mean, we were already kind of there, right? With Alfred Molina's right. uh, Dr. Octopus and certainly sounding like uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin in the No Way Home trailer. We were already kind of in that space, but this is different. It's one thing to go through like the nostalgia of the Spider-Man franchise's greatest hits from years gone by with some of these villains show with the same actors showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home. It's quite another to have Venom, not from, you know, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 3, 2007, but Venom from this current hit franchise. And regardless of whether or not you like those movies, it is a hit franchise now uh, crossing over. And we've never seen anything like this, by the way. I mean, we have not had this crossover of cinematic universes on this level. Like, we still haven't had it yet with X-Men and mutants. And I don't know if we're going to get it or not. I don't know if No Way Home sets that up or not, or if Loki sets that up or not. That still, or Deadpool 3, whatever, that still remains to be seen. But here we have, granted, they're not sharing the same room, um, but in some sort of way, sharing the same space, the same universe, whether that's an intersection or a complete merger of two universes, um, Venom and Tom Hardy's Venom and Tom Holland's Spider-Man and that is, I mean, it is historic within the genre. It is. I mean, and it feels weird to say that it's a crossover to have like Spider-Man characters crossing over with Spider-Man, but that's kind of what it is by the virtue of how this has been constructed within the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until this point with this iteration of Spider-Man. So um, it, it is kind of, and I think that's why, you know, this mid credit scene and, and everybody's talking about it this way. Like it's, it's very quickly become the selling point of the movie, which I think does a little bit of a disservice to the movie. I think Venom Let There Be Carnage is, is a fun watch and, and worth seeing regardless mm -hmm. of this mid credit scene. Um, the mid credit scene is not my favorite part about this movie, which it, it's kind of weird. Like I see a lot of people hyping up as if it is the best part. It's not. Um, the best parts are, are the stories themselves, not the steps toward the next story. Um, even when the stories aren't that great, it's generally better. Um, but I, you know, the mid credit scene is, it's obviously been a huge selling point for the movie so far. And, and I understand why, like, and this is why people are responding to it the way that they are, is it does feel like a, it, it does feel like a big deal. And, uh, you know, yes, it, it comes with some concerns, but at the same time, like, I, I feel like both, even Sony, right? I, I know there's obviously a lot of trust in Marvel Studios, especially around these parts on this podcast, and, and it's trust that they've earned and continue to earn, not just when they're granted automatically and get to enjoy permanently. There's not as much of that with Sony because they haven't earned as much of that on a consistent basis, but it is worth noting that they have been better lately. Whether, even though I don't love the first Venom movie, they showed they could learn from that. They showed they could take what works from it and turn it into something better in Venom Let There Be Carnage. At least in my book, anyway, that's what they demonstrated. And, of course, we all love uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So um, it remains to be seen with Morbius and whatever the hell else, uh, whatever the hell else they'll do with Kraven and whatever else they're going to make. Um, so it, it's not like, oh, everything's great with Sony and, and everything's going to be uh, amazing from here on out. We don't know that, but... There are more positive signs, and I would like to think that Sony enjoys this while also understanding and remembering that it can go away, that it can mm -hmm. start to wither, it can erode, 
if they don't manage this properly. And so if they, you know, the last thing they want, because they've already done it, they've already pulled the trick, right, of sending Spider-Man over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They've already done that trick. So they can't do that again to save Spider-Man if they screw things up. So I would like to think that level of care combined with some partnership with Marvel Studios and maybe learning some lessons through that partnership with Marvel Studio will lead to more positive outcomes for these movies on a more consistent basis that won't necessarily be a disaster for Spider-Man, that he can go off into the Sony universe and battle or team up with Venom and be a part of other stories and still be a character, and an iteration of the character, Tom Holland's Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, that audiences are still very engaged in and happy to see eventually find his way back to the MCU in the movie that they still owe Disney and Marvel Studios. Right, yeah, and that's that to me is what's going to be fun to see. You know, when all this is all said and done, what does Sony want to do with Tom Holland and all that? And I think Tom wants to stay in the Marvel Universe or the you know the proper MCU. And I think as long as those movies are successful and Tom wants to do them, and the fact that I think to me the the best, honestly, this mid mid credit scene is the best sign, Sean, because it shows that Marvel's playing ball and Sony wants to put Venom into that. And yeah. the fact that both of them want to invest in each other and kind of combine these things for the time being, at least from what we can tell, is a very telling sign. And I think that's a good sign for all of us who want at least some kind of continuity, shared ideas of all these characters. And I think we're definitely headed on the way. Uh, we're getting that. And who knows? Maybe that whole scene with Ta- with uh, with Venom, it doesn't affect just Venom, but maybe Venom's whole world. Maybe, you know. Anne and and everyone else and and whatever maybe Morbius and Craven and all that are are all now in that same universe as Venom now who knows I don't know just something to think about and I think but I think it's all good news to be honest I don't think it's bad news I think it's good news that Venom uh, it appears to be in the same universe as the MCU which is fantastic and I can't wait to see what they do with it and I my bet is definitely mid credits or post credit scene I don't think it's going to be in the main film yeah it just it, too much too much too much in that movie already. Yeah, I'm. I I feel pretty much the same way. There's just that nagging feeling of, um, ah, crap. I don't want to be proven wrong by a trailer in two weeks. There is a little bit of that concern as I, I throw that out there. But you know what? Who cares? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. If I'm a if we're, well, more than occasionally, when we're wrong, we're wrong, and it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah I I lean toward like Spider-Man No Way Home. Just it's got so much going on that it just doesn't need Venom, and you feel like. There's so much more to be gained by saving that for another movie than there in and hyping it in a tag on No Way Home as opposed to just here's everything you want all at once. Uh, you don't have to do that. Um, so it, it seems it, it seems like No Way Home is already going to make like a boatload of money without Venom. Like that, I, I don't know what your gain is on that, as opposed to having a whole other movie that can make a massive amount of money because that's the first true uh, team up encounter battle, whatever it ends up being. Maybe a battle followed by a team up between Spider Man and Venom, and also, um, you know, one more argument in favor of uh, holding out for it, as you were mentioning, Tom Holland and Tom Hardy like together in a movie as these iterations of these characters and they've done so well, each of them having done so well in these respective roles. I want to see a whole movie of that. I, I don't mm-hmm. just want to see a third act of a, uh, of no way home of that. Like that can be a whole thing. And uh, believe me, I'm just as surprised to be saying it as many of you listening as far as, well, I guess I'm not that surprised, but I, I've thrown out my, my concerns and, and I have them. They're not just going to completely melt away, but I feel better about this after Venom Let There Be Carnage than I did before Venom Let There Be Carnage. I feel because I wasn't, I was hoping that I was going to like Venom Let There Be Carnage a lot more than I liked the first one, but there was still the chance that it wasn't going to be very good and I was going to dislike it just as much as the first film. I didn't really think that was the most likely outcome, but it was still there. And so I certainly didn't want to be like still down in the dumps, not feeling great about the Venom franchise as he gets like shoehorned into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I wanted to feel better about that character in this franchise before we start seeing uh, start seeing it intersect with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And I liked Venom Let There Be Carnage, so I'm feeling a lot better about that. And, of course, uh, even better about, I mean, I already liked him from the first movie, despite not liking it overall, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock slash Venom. 
and now to the point of seeing him and the the prospect of him and Tom Holland playing off of one another is very exciting. And, and as I said, certainly the type of thing that uh, could support its entire an entire film as opposed to the third act of, of No Way Home. So I kind of do hope they exercise. I, I think they're going to exercise some patience with it and continue building uh, toward it. And I kind of hope that, uh, that that's what they do. Um, but still, like the excitement of the mid credit scene, I totally get it. I feel a lot of it, um, despite some of the, re- the reservations I have. Um, but I would also say, like, if you have not, if you listen to this because you were excited about uh, the mid credit scene uh, and just the MCU angle on that, totally get it. Um, but if you haven't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I, I do think it's worth your time, whether that's be, whether you feel comfortable going to the theater and watching it or you're just going to wait and, and watch it in a few months at home, uh, whatever that may be. Um, you know, and if you didn't like the first Venom movie, believe me, I know exactly how you feel. Um, maybe you would also then understand how I feel if you get a chance to see Venom, Let There Be Carnage and you actually like it because I know uh, I certainly did. And uh, this mid credit scene. We may not know exactly what it all means today, but we know it opens up a lot of exciting possibilities. And I just, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. And I, I do wonder what that, even if it's uh, Venom, Venom or not, I am very excited about how much more willing uh, Sony might be to kind of, I don't want them to show us too much, but maybe we'll get a, even just a little more context of how this works going into Spider Man No Way Home, which will hopefully reveal a lot more about how the multiverse works and how it applies to Spider-Man, Sony's Spider-Man universe, and of course, our beloved Marvel Cinematic Universe. But that is where we will wrap up this edition of MCU Fan Show. Thanks so much to listening to three episodes. If you listen to all three or you skip Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and you're going to go back to it. So so far, you've only listened to two. Whatever it is, thank you so much for sticking with us on this uh, very busy week on MCU Fan Show. Hopefully you're also checking out Fan Show Plus, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, a premium podcast where you'll hear me talk about some of this Venom box office success, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings box office, Scarlett Johansson, Disney and Black Widow and all of those things. And of course, Johansson and Disney being friends again after the settling their uh, lawsuit. So all of that and more over on Fan Show Plus. And then make sure you're following us in all those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Paul, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Also, please follow uh, and subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel, The Comic Binge. Really appreciate all your guys' support there. And uh, yeah, see you then. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time with our spoiler review of What If Episode 9, the season finale. Until then, take care.